Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Lydia English. She's back. I'm back. So it can't have been that bad, Lyd. I can't get enough now. (laughs) So we're back. Um, Delighted to have Lydia English, our budding occupational psychologist and head of research uh, on the podcast. Uh, She made her debut in the last podcast when we spoke about... Uh, Ocean theory. The ocean theory, the five big personality factors or characters. Now, um, Lydia said she was nervous and she'd never do it again. And then within five minutes, she went, what should we do for our next one? (laughs) So I was like, she's got the bug. So we've got Lydia back in. So welcome back, Lydia. How did you find the first one on reflection? Um, I think I enjoyed it. (laughs) You must have done. (laughs) There was a bit of extra perspiration going on. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, you just need to get back on on the bike, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are we going to talk about today, Lyd? So we're talking about attachment styles today. Attachment styles are really important to understand. We talk about them a lot in sessions here at T2. I would say we talk about them more in one-to-one coaching sessions than in general sessions. And that is because when people are starting to unpick how they are, why they are like they are in relationships... Uh, why they have sometimes troubles with their relationships, either in the workplace or in their personal life, then attachment styles or our attachment style is a really important thing to maybe understand and under- uncover because it gives us some answers as to why we are like we are with in our adult relationships. Yeah, definitely. But attachment styles, I'll bring you in, they, they start in childhood, almost yeah. from birth. You start developing what we call an attachment style. Yeah. And it's primarily, am I right in saying based on the mother and father, the caregivers, the primary caregivers, how their parent and and in those early, early stages starts to develop an attachment within a person almost from day dot. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, studies go back to, you know, within, you know, seconds of a baby being born. And that's why, you know, when a, a baby's born, they do the skin to skin thing that's based on psychological theories and um, attachment and actually creating that initial bond from the very outset. Ready, yeah. Yeah. So the skin on skin is with the, with the mother, the primary caregiver, the maternal mother is that baby needs to know from almost the first second that there's somebody there to protect them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the skin on skin, the chest, the embrace is I've got you type thing. Yeah, and a, a study by um, a guy called Harlow, it was in the 50s, so he wanted to find out actually what what was it that kind of made the initial bond, you know, was it food, was it protection, was it comfort? And so he did a test with baby chimps, and he, sounds a bit bizarre, but so he had a, a wire monkey, mother, <laughs> and um, a another mother kind of figure made out of cloth and what he did he actually found so he gave the wire monkey um food and he just left the cloth mother without anything and he found that actually the the baby chimps spent more time with the cloth mother and just went to the wire mother when they were hungry but as soon as they were fed they'd go straight back to the the cloth mother so the 
they crave comfort and yeah. so that's kind of the probably one of the most early studies in in an attachment which basically says that babies crave comfort yeah and and it's why when babies are young i've got three children so i remember this well when babies are young after the initial bond is 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 made with mother and 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 child and then obviously the father embraces and cradles in the early stages so that bond is made that security is established then it's why when you put babies down because you're busy in the house or whatever, babies cry. And sometimes it's not because they're hungry or they're tired or they need their nappy changing. It's no. because you've put them down. Yeah. So it's like, oh, my God, um, they've gone. So so it's why you keep picking your, your child up as a baby, then they stop crying. But if you do that relentlessly, yeah, you cause another problem. However, what they're finding in late studies is letting babies cry it out is not actually a good thing because they need that level, that middle ground of saying, you are there for me yeah, and you will come to my aid when I need you. yeah. But there's a fine line in in providing that security, but then also slowly starting to, um, you know, sort of teach the child that they are okay on their own at times. Yes. But, but going back to it, attachment theory is... Um, you will create your level of attachment. There's three main attachment styles yep. that you can develop into adulthood as a result of those early experiences with your caregivers, primarily parenting. Yeah. Um, it creates an attachment style with you. Now, the reason why this is important is because by the time you reach adulthood, mm-hmm. it, it directly sort of um, it directly impacts and influences the way you view your relationships with others, yep. whether that's in your marriage and your partner, whether it's your friendships, whether it's your work colleague uh, relationships, you will have one of the three attachment styles and that will then form the the basis of which you interact with other human beings for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it's important to understand them. It's no right or wrong, like anything. You can't go back and change it. It is what it is. But generally, you will have one of three attachment styles. Yeah. So let's let's reveal them then, Lid. Let's go through them one, one by one. Okay. Uh, what's the first attachment style you can you can have and what's influential on creating that in that early childhood phase yeah so i think um kind of before we we go into it it's important to say that these attachment styles were identified by a psychologist called mary ainsworth and she carried out a study which is famously known as a strange situation so basically it involved a mother and a baby babies were normally between um one and two years old and they'd uh, the mother and the baby would be in a room, then a stranger would come in, the mother, mother would leave, leave the baby with the stranger, the mother would come back, um, then the mother would leave again, then the stranger would leave, and then the mother would come back and the stranger would go. And just So basically what they were doing, they were observing the way the child behaved when the mother returned and when the mother left. And that's where they established these three attachment styles. So the, the first one was secure yep. attachment style. <clears throat> So that makes that's really interesting because that sets the scene on how these three attachment styles have been observed based on the reactions of a primary caregiver leaving you with a stranger. Yeah. So it's the assessing that child's level of anxiety or comfort mm-hmm. when being alone. Yeah. Right. Got yeah. You. So the first one is secure. Secure. What does that mean? So basically, secure. Um, well, if we're looking at how the children behaved, so when the mother left, secure children would they'd be upset. Um, and they, if they were left with a stranger, they'd avoid the stranger. But when the mother came back, they would, um, you know, be welcome into the, to the stranger. And 
also they'd be happy when the mother returned as well, which is important when we start discussing the other yes. two attachment styles. Yeah. So no extremes of behavior there in that experiment. The baby was not distressed when the mother left the room, but also not overly um, affectionate to the stranger. Yeah, they were a bit just, wary of the stranger. They, they were just wary, but they, they were sat there normal without distress. Yeah. And when the mother returned, they were happy. It was a mm-hmm. happy response for the mother. And in the mother's presence, then then we felt more comfortable in interacting with the with the stranger. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's a that's a secure attachment style, and it's worth mentioning at this point that when if you develop a secure attachment style, as you go into adulthood, that put that bodes really well for for relationships because yeah. it sort of means lid in a nutshell, doesn't it? That someone with a secure attachment style can be very comfortable in their own skin mm-hmm. and on their own, yeah, um, or with strangers. And they can also be very affectionate and close in with intimacy and with close relationships. Yeah. So they have the ability to to almost deal with any situation, meeting yeah, new exactly. people, being with people who they know. Secure means I I am secure in who I am. I yeah. don't I don't need anything, but I also enjoy the closeness of intimacy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So what's the sec? What was the second uh, experiment that they did where this where there was a different reaction? Yeah. So. Um, so the second attachment style is anxious. So these children, so when the mother left the room, it was the end of the world. It was intense distress, um, completely beside themselves. They, um, when they were left with the stranger, they completely avoided the stranger and um, kind of showed signs of fear. Like they were, they were scared of the stranger completely. Um, so when, um, when the mother then returned, the baby, it's almost like they were angry at the mum for leaving them, so they would resist the mother, and if the mother tried to comfort them, they'd push them away. Um, And in general, these babies would cry more than the other attachment types. So if you're listening to this, and it's um, it's not something to be worried about because... In all these attachment theories, it actually they have good and bad traits as a as barren secure, which generally is just good. Yeah. Um, but um, if you've ever taken your child to school and they are screaming, holding onto your leg, mm-hmm. fearful of stepping through those gates and you leaving, yeah, it's that type of response, isn't it? Yes. And then you pick them up at the end of the day, even though they've been fine in the middle, they cry again. Yeah. At the fact that you've you've come back for them. That could be an, another example of this, couldn't it? Yeah. Whereas if your child literally gives you a kiss and says, love you, bye, and runs off into the playground, that could yeah. be secure, it right? It could, yeah. yeah. Or maybe something else, but we'll come to that. Yeah. So so the, the bot point you're making here is the second experiment or the second response in the experiment was an extreme one to the first one. It was complete meltdown, crying, mm-hmm. fear, yeah. you know, the minute the mother left, f- fear at the stranger in the room, and then also crying and anger, at the yeah, returning when the mother, mother, so the, yeah, absolutely, okay, and that just sig- signals that 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 pair, that child is developing what we call an anxious attachment style, where they need the closeness and the security of their caregivers almost yeah. all the time. Yeah, they need to feel like they're not on their own and yeah. they're not isolated. And as you can imagine, as that carries through into adolescence and adulthood, that could hinder your experiences, your confidence levels, your ability to take risks. Yeah, definitely. If you constantly need someone who you trust next to you. Yeah. Okay. So what was the third response? The third one was avoidant. So it's kind of what it says on the tin. These these kids were avoidant. (laughs) So when the mother left, they weren't bothered. There was no... See ya. Yeah, no, no sign of distress whatsoever. 
they were fine with the stranger. When the stranger approached them, they'd play with them quite happily. Um, when the mother returned, they didn't even notice, didn't acknowledge it, <laughs> just didn't care. I think that this the sounds like me, yeah. yeah, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So basically, just just avoiding, you know, completely blasé to, to what was happening around them. Just absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm fine on my own. I'll always be fine on my own. You don't have to. You know, there's no big deal about anything. People are people. Yeah, space is space. Absolutely. So, and and that's quite interesting because. I, you know, I talk about these attachment theories a lot and we'll go into this now into the second half of this podcast because, you know, avoidant attachment style is not a bad attachment style for certain reasons. No. It makes, as you grow older, if you're avoidant, and what, what you sort of lived saying there is avoidant attachment styles say, I, I don't need affection and closeness. Yeah. I don't need a protector. I am fine on my own. Yeah. And I'll show you that I'm fine on my own. In fact... If someone tries to protect me or tries to, you know, be close to me, then sometimes I'll I'll push push away. Push away, yeah. And and what that creates in an adult is this: it creates one hell of an independent human being. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm okay on my own. I can live on my own. I'll provide my own money. I'll work my way through life. Yeah. You know, I, I have low levels of neuroticism when I'm when in time alone because I actually like it. Yeah. So it actually bodes for a very independent, strong person. However, what it does do in adult relationships is sometimes avoidant people can be cold and distant and not pick up on emotions and they don't always cater for other people's feelings and emotions. So say you're working, you've got a relationship with someone who's anxious, Mm -hmm. they need a little bit of reassurance and they need affection. The avoidant is not always good at giving that. Yeah, it's not necessarily a match made in heaven if you've got an avoidant and, a, and an anxious person. Um, yeah. but, you unless know, you're it, aware of it. Unless you're completely yeah. aware of it. And you and meet you, in the middle. Yeah, and you know what your partner needs. And just as the avoidance got to cater for the anxious person's um, level of security, mm-hmm. the anxious attachment has to cater for the avoidance space. Yes. Now, I would say at this point, and she probably kills me because I'm entering in all of our stuff, but Lucy, my wife... She's probably more anxious attachment style and I'm yeah. definitely more avoidant. Yeah. However, we have a great marriage, 15 years, and the reason it works is because I understand what she needs yeah. and I step into that space and she absolutely understands that I need my space, whether it's my career or playing golf or whatever it might be, she understands that I value that time. So as long as we both cater for it, it works. Yeah. Whereas if I become too avoidant, mm-hmm. It, it makes her feel alienated. Yes. And if she becomes too anxious, it makes me feel oppressed. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is why it's really important to understand your attachment style if you can. Yes. And I think as well, so we've obviously talked about very young children and forming that initial attachment with your primary caregiver, but it's, it is also influenced by things that happen in your life up to you, maybe your early teens. Um, so for instance, um, you know, div- divorce, your parents getting divorced, um, the loss of a parent, um, you know, uh, being adopted, stuff like that. It kind of all, it does, it does affect, affect things. So it might be a child who initially has a secure attachment style, but then maybe their parents divorce when they're six or seven and then that completely changes their style and they become avoidant. Yeah, or <clears throat> or anxious because it's like um, maybe you're very close to your father. Yeah. Your parents divorce when you're eight or nine um, and 
because you don't have that pri- primary caregiver, that security of your father being there every single day, yeah. you could develop an anxious attachment style. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could go the opposite where you go, right, got to stand on my own two feet now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna block it all out and be avoidant. Um, you know, my parents split when I was 11. I'm, I think I'm incredibly independent and avoidant, and I think maybe that had something to do with it as well. Yeah. I genuinely think my parents' style though was. Um, to to bring us up as avoidant, it was very much like, come on, you know, you get out there, you stand on your own two feet, you don't yeah. need me, you know, go out and play, don't come back until lights lights go out, you know, yeah. make make your own sandwich, make your own, come on, you're old enough now. It, we were very encouraged to stand on our own two feet and to yeah. be independent. So yeah. I think generally that was it. Um, we also wasn't quite, we wasn't incredibly forthcoming with like a verbal affection. Yes. Now we loved each other. Daily, don't get yeah. me wrong. And my parents love all of us daily and we love them back. But we weren't a family where we kissed and cuddled and no. said, I love you every two minutes. No. Do you know what I mean? We just weren't like that. Yeah. We were quite avoidant as a group, really. Yeah. As in independent. Um, and even now, sometimes, if my dad had, if my dad ever said to me, I love you. Yeah. It, it's, it's very selected and rare and in the right moment. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my... <clears throat> I'm very similar in a way. My parents divorced when I was four, but initially before that, so my, my mum, she's her parenting style was maybe a cross between secure and avoidant. So she provided the love, you know, gave you hugs, but would also be like, right, go on, go off, you're absolutely fine, you know, crack on kind of thing. My dad was very avoidant, um, didn't provide any affection or anything like that. And so after they split I had my my mum there and we've kind of never been a family that does the I love you as, yeah, as yeah. well we've we've never done that as a family and as, if someone says that to me now it makes me feel very uncomfortable yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> no it is it's got to be don't get me wrong we all need it but it's got to be sincere and not the right moment yes whereas my parenting style with my kids me and my wife is and and, and this is because I genuinely believe in it and it's how I feel is I tell my kids I love them every day. Yeah. It's just a, a thing in our in our life. I give them a kiss goodnight and I say, I love you. Yeah. You know, and they say, I love you too, dad. And that's yeah. the way it is. And I think hopefully my children are definitely developing a secure attachment style because yeah. they are, they, there's never a day where they would wonder if we did. Yeah. Or they're left alone without support. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I still believe, I said before this podcast to you, I actually think I, I, well, I wouldn't mind my kids growing up with an avoidant attachment style because yeah. it certainly had served me well, mm. but you have to be incredibly self-aware of, of, of that and be able to cater for relationships or you could be cold and distant, yeah, too exactly. cold and distant. Yeah. So, so let me move this on because there's an interesting thing. When I talk about this, I read, a, I read about attachment styles in Dan Goldman's emotional intelligence book. Now yeah. he's a leading psychologist. He's, the thought leader in emotional intelligence and he goes into you know real depth around attachment styles and how they impact emotional intelligence yeah um, and what he was saying was they did studies where uh, they studied parental parenting styles even after the initial attachment style had you know their early years but say yeah. say six years old to 18 years old as your brain's developing yeah they looked at the way the parents parented okay and what he found was this in a nutshell the secure attachment styles by adulthood was where the parents give unconditional love, care, and affection, mm-hmm. like we were just saying. Yeah. I love you, good night, kiss, 
always there. I'm always here. Yeah. And when they disciplined, they did it without volatility and rage. Okay. Yeah. That was really instrumental in developing a secure attachment style because it was like the child never, ever questioned or wondered. Whether they were loved. Whether they were loved. Yeah. Because even when the discipline came, it was without the rage, the shouting, the swearing, the volatility, the hitting, the whatever it might be. Yes, they weren't getting those mixed messages. It was a constant message. It was a constant message that even when you do wrong, we will tell you you've done wrong and there will be consequences, but there it's not that you're not loved and you will still be protected. Yeah. So they were saying parents who parents in that style. The second avoidant attachment style, they found that it was parents who didn't really offer love, care and affection verbally or physically. Don't mean to say they didn't love them or care for them or give them the basic needs, but it was very much a parenting style like I described where it was, you don't need to be told you're loved. Yeah. Right? You should know. You should know. (laughs) Just get out there and do your thing. Yeah. Be independent. Learn about the world. Stand on your own two feet. Yeah. And and almost the, the parenting style where you had to do something really special to get some recognition. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not just going to get, you know, you've got to earn it. Yeah. That created an avoidant attachment style. So it was almost like the kids who were free to, you know, roam the school field and stay out as long as they want. And yeah. just have that, ex, you know, they, they, they was avoidant. The secure, uh, the anxious attachment style was interesting. What they found with this one was, it was most common in adults who ex- who described parenting styles as flipping from love, care, and affection, yep. love you, kisses, cuddles, embraces, you know, to volatility and rage. Yeah. Slaps, clips, uh, shouting, aggression, yep. you know, all of that type of stuff. And that was because as br- the brain develops, you would send in a conflicting message. Yes. You are secure and I love you. Oh, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Yes, the child doesn't know what's going on. So so a child, because they don't have a rational brain at that point, can't say this is for the good of me. They're, yeah. they're only doing it for the good of me. They're they're just signaling this is this is not very nice. Yeah. I fear this. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, my, my dad or my mom's really nice. Oh my God, I fear this. Yeah. So th- th- it creates this not knowing where you stand in relationships. Yeah. Which I thought was quite an interesting yeah. view. It's almost like the child's walking on eggshells. It's like, oh, what mood's my mum gonna yeah. be in today? Am I gonna be light today or yeah. am I gonna be not? And do you know what? I, I you know, we do this for a living and we're all human. If you're a parent there now worrying, don't I get it wrong with my kids sometimes. Yeah. I think generally. I parent in a way which is love, care, and affection. And when I would, when we discipline, I try my very best to do it without volatility and rage. Yeah. However, when I'm tired, when the kids are relentless, when everything's building, you have your moments where you yeah. shout or yeah. where you, you know, you raise your voice. I mean, don't I'm, you don't clip my kids at all. But I mean, you know, we did. We grew up in a generation where you mm-hmm. got a good clip if you stepped out of line. It, yeah. And it did us all right at times, right? But you know, it's different these days. But we all fall foul of this, just losing your cool just sh- raising your voice over trivial things. Yeah. Um, so the best advice I could give is don't worry because you're, you're, it's all about child's perception as well. Yeah. They could be perceiving that as, you know, making me independent and strong. Yeah. But the golden rule is if you try, if you're a parent, try to where you can offer love, care and affection. Yeah. And when you discipline, do it without volatility and rage. Yeah. And if you can try and do that more often than not, you'll find the balance. Yeah. But it's but it is interesting. So with the, with the time we've got left, Lid, let's say you get your attachment style by your adult. You are anxious, avoidant, or secure. Yeah. What does this sort of mean? Good pros and cons, very quickly for the three. So if you're secure, let's start with that. Yeah. What's the pros of being secure as an adult, and what's the things to watch out for? 
so secure so you you have a, a strong sense of who you are yourself you're you're happy you know being you don't have to be in a relationship um but you also like being in, in a relationship in terms of your friendships your you know you're just secure in the way you see mm. them you know you're not worrying like oh maybe they took that the wrong way or anything like that you're just completely there's no jealousy there's no jealousy so you're not thinking is my partner gonna cheat on me does that friend talk about me behind my back yeah there's none of that with secure because you're very comfortable mm-hmm. and what will be will be yeah type thing yeah 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 um i mean cons to secure i don't know if there are any <laughs> no uh, you know i i've often asked this question if you're secure, which means you can cater for both the other two attachment styles, so I can get on with avoidant people or I can get on with uh, anxious people, Yeah. then you are sort of high level of emotional intelligence, very co- low levels of neuroticism. I'm capable of almost getting along with anybody, which yeah. means, you know, it means that it's going to put you in good stead generally for, for all types of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, avoidant then. Avoidant. So avoidant people, I mean, it's probably an extreme saying that they're loners. <laughs> yeah. But they're happy being on their own. It doesn't, you know, they're not bothered. It doesn't make a difference whether they're in a relationship or not. The, it, I'm not saying either that they can't be in relationships because, well, obviously you're avoidant. You've been married 15 years. But it's, they can give or take it, basically. Um, but once they're in a relationship, they, they can be quite happy there. And actually, they don't necessarily worry about what their partner's no. doing. I have never once in in all my years of marriage ever thought of what Lucy's doing when she's not with me. No. Or feared if she would go off with somebody else or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's not because I'm saying that if it happened, I wouldn't be bothered. Mm. That's just saying that it doesn't even enter my head, you yeah. know. I sort of take the also the view that worst case scenario, I'd always be okay. Yeah. That's what avoidant people sort of do. Yeah. But being in a relationship is amazing for an avoidant. As long as the the, the space at times is is granted yeah. or catered for. Yeah. I think any avoidant in a relationship which feels it's too full on or too um they're being oppressed too much yeah. or hemmed back, hemmed in or you know, held back, that's when it'll be a problem for an avoidant. Yeah. Avoidance can be incredible in relationships if they're, if, gra- if they're given the space. Yeah, if the partner understands the yeah. way they are. And also if the avoidant caters for the partner. Yes. Because it can't all be your way. No. You can't do your own thing and be, a, you know, it, the the other, the, the feelings and the emotions, the thinking about the small things that make a big difference. Yeah. It means stuff to, to people with different attachment styles. And avoidance yeah. just got to think about that a little bit more because it doesn't come natural, you no. know. No, yeah. Okay. Um. And anxious, of course. Now, anxious. if you listen to this and you think you might have an anxious attachment style, you might be thinking, shit, I've got the worst one of the three. That, that's why I'm this, that, and the other. Listen, yeah. don't. Some, as Lydia will probably explain, it, it, can be, it can generate some of the most caring people yes. on the planet. Yeah. Some of the most affectionate people on the planet, right? So yeah. don't worry, but you've just got to guard against probably the cons of being anxious. So yeah. how would you describe as an adult, how does this manifest in relationships? Yeah, so in a relationship, an anxious person, they'll be, like you say, extremely caring, um, very loving. They kind of crave attention from their partner. You know, they want cuddles all the time. They want affection. They 
but then it can be flipped and it can make them seem like they're un untrusting um they can worry about what their partner's doing um they, but they can also they can be quite insecure in themselves and quite self-critical of themselves and they kind of question everything that's going on yeah sometimes they struggle with self-worth yes because it's that never and we see this in the print profile that we do maybe with twos and sixes mm -hmm. to be needed and appreciated to be safe and secure it's that constant worry about yeah. am i good enough you know all the rest of it and but like i say some of the most humanistic affectionate giving people on the planet yeah you know it sums my wife up perfectly yeah they just want to be loved yeah but she'll they'll think of everybody else before themselves yeah They'll go above and beyond in that bid to get it back. The problem with it is if it don't, if it doesn't come back, then yeah. that fuels further worries. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So the best thing to think about if you're an anxious person now, if you've got an anxious attachment style, is don't resent it and don't try and change it. It probably makes you the person who you are. You are probably one of the most giving, caring, affectionate people on the planet. Yeah. You just got to understand when it's going into overdrive and you're asking the impossible of others. Yeah. Certainly if they are avoidant. Yes. Secure people will cater for anxious people. No problem. It's the avoidance, avoidance that can make yes. an anxious person feel um, that, that, you know, left out or whatever it might be. And the avoidance don't mean to. No. They're just doing not the wrong doing thing. It on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lid, that's fascinating. When with a minute left, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for that. And I think if you're listening to this, just think what, what resonates most with me um, let me embrace that. It's mm -hmm. not good or bad. Let me embrace it and let me just keep on the right side of it. Yep. Let me understand the dynamic of my relationships and why sometimes I feel like I do. Avoidance, be comfortable in your skin, but cater for others. Anxious, you know, just when it goes into overdrive, care a bit, but be yourself. And secure, if you're blessed with the secure attachment style, you probably navigate in relationships pretty well. Yeah, lucky buggers. Yeah, lucky buggers and thank you, parents. So <laughs> other than that, um, you know, uh, we'll we'll be back probably with another one, Lid, because you're well in it now. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. um, and we'll we'll think of another topic maybe next week to come back and discuss. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Lydia English, awesome, and we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.